can we really outrun God? That's what we're going to talk about today. So check it out. Good morning. It is Monday night for us, Tuesday morning for you guys. The reason I say us, sorry I moved the camera, is because usually me and Sharon are the ones doing these devotionals. And after 600 videos, even though she hasn't been in the last few, I'm just accustomed to saying us. And um, But either way, whether she's on camera right now or not, it's still us. You know, uh, the Bible says a man will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and together... They shall become one. So anyways, we're here at the church. Uh, yesterday kicked off um, Holy Week from Palm Sunday all the way to Resurrection Sunday. From Sunday to Sunday, we're going to have something every single evening going live. And um, tonight, actually, which will be tomorrow for you guys, I'm actually going to go live stream with um, uh, evangelizing. Usually, uh, Brother Eli Contreras is the one that spearheads it but he's on his way back from nebraska i think he said he's going through wyoming right now i think that's what he said he'll be back tomorrow or today for you guys but it still happens it still goes on this is the beauty of it is is him having a church family that supports him because um in the past uh he can only be at one place at one time you know so he would have ministries going on but when he would make a trip and he'd be gone one week, two weeks, sometimes a month, the ministries back home would stop. But now, you know, thank God that we've been able to partner up with him, to to welcome him, to embrace him as family here. Um, that's one thing he doesn't have to worry about is that when the Lord calls him to travel and to evangelize in other places, uh, we're still here. We're still here and going forward with what the Lord has uh, put in his heart to do. You know, so uh, we're going to be going live today, tomorrow, uh, also tonight. I keep saying tomorrow, Tuesday night. And this is for those of you watching it. Today's April 11, 2022. I, I, sometimes I forget that people aren't going to watch this till months later. But Holy Week is basically what be, builds up to Resurrection Day, or some people call it Easter. And um, start, it starts the Sunday before Resurrection Day or, or Easter, if you... I don't like to call it that, but sometimes I I say that just for the reference point, because a lot of people say, Resurrection Day, what is that? You know, but obviously, unfortunately, the world knows the word, word Easter more than Resurrection Day. You know, the reason I don't like to really say Easter is Easter itself is a, it's a pagan name. Anyways, that, that would end up being a whole other devotional, but um, all week long, we're doing something live stream every night tonight is going to be monday night is going to be the evangelizing on the street tuesday night is going to be pastor al between the lines but usually he's on fridays but for this week he's going to be on tuesday wednesday is a regular bible study thursday is sister gloria with the spanish bilingual english and spanish bible study and then friday is a good friday service and saturday is worship night it's going to be all worship that night for about two hours and uh, all of them start at seven o'clock the only one that starts at six 
is evangelizing today. And then it ends on Sunday, Resurrection Day. And then me and Sharon are going to really rest because <laughs> we're going to be exhausted after uh, an entire week of being here at the church every single night. But praise God, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to to um, be servants of God, you know, and to be his hands and his feet. And uh, for me, Resurrection Day is a, is a special time and a special moment, not because that's the day we worship his resurrection, because if you know anything about us, we celebrate his resurrection 365 days a year. But it's a great time for the world because it's like the world is, is pausing and recognizing the resurrection. The world is recognizing it. So it's a perfect time to evangelize, to conversate, to start a conversation, to talk to people, to embrace people, you know. And, you know, my only... Might only have a suggestion because a lot of times some people go a little too hard with the whole uh, when somebody says, oh, happy Easter or where are you going to celebrate Easter? And real quick, you go into Pharisee mode and you want to attack them. Listen, they don't know. They don't know any better. They don't know. And are you trying to win an argument? Or are you trying to win them to the kingdom? You know, when people tell me, oh, what are you doing on Easter? I don't sit there and correct them and tell them the whole history of the pagan. <laughs> I don't do that, you know? I'm just like, oh, yeah, for, for Resurrection Day, you know, I'm going to uh, go to church and, and barbecue with my family. And they'll be like, oh, what do you mean Resurrection Day? You don't call it Easter? And I'll say, no. I said, because, you know, it, that day signifies the day Jesus resurrected. You know, and then guess what? Instead of making an enemy, instead of winning an argument, what did I do? I just opened up a door to present the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fact of his resurrection. And if there was a resurrection, that means there was a death. And if there was a death, what did he die for? For our sins. See? So, guys, don't, don't be so quick to attack people for saying the word Easter. Just quit it. Seriously, man. We're, we're called to compel people, not win arguments so you can be right or I can be right. We're, win, we're, we're here to win souls for Jesus. You know, so anyways, that's not even the devotional part today, but um, yesterday was a blessing. I was able to do, to do a devotional while I cleaned up uh, and tuned up our bikes. Well, really just cleaned our bikes and cleaned our chains. You know, it's messed up. After all that cleaning last night out in the backyard, we woke up and it was raining. And by the time it stopped raining... It was already time to get ready and come out here to Modesto. So we didn't even get to ride today. But we got some clean bikes sitting in the in one of the offices um, at home. So they're there for tomorrow. So anyways, um, I just wanted to get into the devotional, guys. You know what's weird? is you know how we had the celebration of life, the funeral for the sister on Thursday. And, no, actually, after Wednesday Bible study. After Wednesday's Bible study, we had to get everything ready and change the seating. I, I, if you guys are following the channel, you remember I had to change the seating. That way the casket would be able to come straight through the double doors, you know. And um, so that day... After Bible study, I put my Bible, I put flyers of the Holy Week all on a chair in the front row. 
And um, it wasn't until yesterday for service, um, I haven't been able to find my Bible. You know, because I have uh, Bible stuff on my computer. So when I wrote the sermon, I, I did it on the computer so I didn't have my physical Bible on me. It wasn't until, I think I just assumed as I was writing the sermon on Saturday, I think I just assumed that sometimes once in a while I'll leave my Bible here at the church. I have Bibles at home, but the one I, I mainly like to preach out of, and I think in the back of my mind, I kind of figured I had left it here at the church, sometimes on the pulpit. And uh, came to service yesterday. My Bible wasn't anywhere to be found, so I went to the car and looked. And, and I realized the last time I saw my Bible was on Wednesday Bible study. And there was about 10 people here, 12 people helping uh, getting things ready for the funeral. And I have a feeling that somebody grabbed my Bible so it wouldn't get lost and put it somewhere, but failed to tell me where. So I don't have a Bible to do the devotional now, but I found a scripture in a book I'm reading, you know, and a uh, matter of fact, it's, it's, um, as you guys know, we're going to kick off the Bible college, um, right after, uh, Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to, um, um, probably on Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to have a date already. It's going to be displayed as a flyer uh, during announcements and for you guys watching online because you'll be able to enroll and I'm going to have a seminar, about a 45-minute seminar here at the church, which will be live streamed for all of you that are interested. And, um, and if you can't watch the live stream, you'll be able to watch it because it'll be on the channel. And um, uh, we're going to talk about it. But even though I'm starting... It's a satellite school from the Bible college I went to. And um, even though I have my bachelor's through them, I do have a course I'm still doing with them. So just to kind of give you a quick glimpse of, of what a course looks like, um, this one, let's see, what page is this? I don't want to lose this page, page four. Okay. Um, this one is called Believer's Worship One. And um, this is just a syllabus. This ain't the course. A syllabus means, you know, uh, it's everything that it needs. It's the course schedule, exercises, self-tests, and answers. Um, hold on. Let me see. Let me show you. So, for instance, the page one is like, look, it says the description of the course, what books are included with the course, the objectives, things that it wants you to learn, uh, some of the verses it wants you to memorize, and then the course requirements. And then it goes into this. So basically each course is going to be broken into 12 different lessons. So you can think of it like that. So most courses um, take about three months and they break it into 12 courses. So basically it's asking you to do one lesson a week. And after 12 weeks, three months, you've now finished that course or one semester. Uh, some people want to take two or three courses and go full-time or go part-time students. So you're going to do, um, let's say you want to do three courses every three months. So each course is roughly three credits. So at the end of three months, you have now 12 credits. Uh, to get a, a associate's degree, you need 60 credits. So see what I mean? So every three months, if you do three courses at a time at the, yeah, uh, together, you're going to get 12 courses a semester. So it depends on you. But anyways, some people go faster, some go slower. And it tells you, like, lesson one, 
read the author's preface introduction in chapter one of a passion for his presence and that i'm going to show you some of the books so for this course are these three books the philosophy of worship passion for his presence and hallelujah factor jack jack taylor so that's kind of the way it works right so babe yell out hi See, she's alive. I'm just proving to you guys. She's, we're, we're at the church, actually. We're at the office, and we gave, got here early before evangelism because uh, there's a lot of stuff to be done in the office stuff. So, But just to give you an example, lesson one here is read the author's preface introduction in chapter one of A Passion for His Presence. So that it would be A Passion for His Presence. Right? Uh, this guy was a worship leader. And uh, so I have to read author's preface, introduction in chapter one, and then answer question one of the attached discussion questions on a passion for his presence, you know, and then um, uh, watch session one and two on a DVD. And that's it. That's lesson one, week one. Matter of fact, to be honest with you, I would knock that out in a day. Um, you know, but hey, some people, you know, you have kids, you have family, you have a job, you have all those things. So how hard can it be to do that in one week? Let's be honest. If you did one course at a time to read an author's preface introduction, then a lesson two, that's the second week or lesson two, read chapter two of A Passion for His Presence, complete questions two and four of the related discussion questions, View the video of part three and begin reading the philosophy of worship, um, which is this one. Just start reading it. Begin reading philosophy of worship. Uh, you will not be given scheduled assignments from this book, but are to read on your own time, finishing it time to finishing it and time to include your response to it on your final paper. So basically they're giving you or me. As long as I finish it by, by lesson 12, as long as I finish this book, it's at my own timing. Look at that, easy. So these are kind of how the courses are, are, are done. Not every course has three books. Some have four books, some have one book. You know, and that's just, this is how the Bible college is gonna be. Bam, this is one course, which is Believer's Worship 1, and everybody's gonna you're always going to get the syllabus because this is the directions on how to complete the lessons, which after lesson 12, you, you know. So after um, the way the testing goes is uh, in the middle, you have a, a midterm, you have a, a midterm test. So after lesson 12, lesson six, you have a midterm exam. And then after lesson 12, you have your final and boom, you know, you, you, you uh, do the test, you write an essay, and you pass a class and got yourself three credit, three college credits. So anyways, guys, um, I wanted to talk about a verse in this. Like I said, I couldn't find my Bible, but I was kind of going through this, and, and I wanted to read this. Um, Psalm 139. 7 through 10, okay? And it reads like this. I'm not sure what translation this is. It doesn't say. But 
in Psalm, the psalmist, sometimes it's usually King David, but 139, I'm not, I'm not sure. I didn't get a chance to see. Because he didn't write every psalm. He wrote, just wrote most of them. But toward the end of psalms, usually it's other different unknown authors. Um, so anyways, but I think this is David. I could be wrong. It says this, Psalm 139, 7 through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? So the psalmist is writing to God, saying, where can I go from your spirit? Or, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. You know, <laughs> this, this is an awesome yet almost intimidating scripture because I think sometimes we don't completely fully understand how big God is. We don't fully completely comprehend the very presence of God and what that really means, you know? What does that really mean? Because I, th I think sometimes we tell people, like, if somebody's in the hospital and they're out of state or somebody, and you're just like, man, I'm there with you, man. I'm there in spirit. That's just something nice to say because your heart, basically what you're really saying is, I'm thinking about you as you're in the hospital. I'm thinking about you, but I'm not really there. I can't be there. I can't help you. I can't serve you. I can't, you know, fluff your pillow. I, I can't be there to read to you. So really, when we say, oh, I'm there in spirit, what you're really saying is, my thoughts are there with you. My, my, I'm thinking about you. But when God says he's there, I'm getting mixed up. He's not saying, oh, I'm in heaven, but I'm, I'm just thinking about you. The Bible says that not even the universe can contain God. He is literally right here with me in this room, in the, in the lobby of the church. And even though you're watching this, and this was pre-recorded, he's with you at the exact same time because God is not bound by time. He's here and he's there all at the same exact time time. So when he says he's there in presence, he is there in presence, you know? Um, so in this verse, it says, where can I go from your spirit? He's asking a question and he's basically saying, God, where can, where can I go where your spirit is not? You are big. You are massive. You are at all places at the same time, you know? And he goes, or where can I flee from your presence? How can I run away from you if not even the universe can contain you? You know, where can I flee from your presence? You know, just, I like to, to do these examples because sometimes I say things and it just goes like, boom, just goes past our head. But basically I want to say it like this. I like painting on canvas. And I can buy a canvas like this at Michael's. I can buy a bigger canvas at Michael's. I can buy, the if you see the, the one I do in the living room, the one that's behind me with the cows, that is, I think, five feet wide, four feet high 
It's a big canvas, but yet it can't contain me. I'm the artist. I can, I can do a mural on a wall, but that wall cannot contain me. And I'm just a mere man. I'm just an artist. But you know what? The painting can be whatever it, whatever it is, but it cannot contain me because I'm not paint. I'm more than paint. I'm outside of the paint. Well, the universe is the canvas of God. I can stand back and look at the canvas, look behind it, look in front of it, look on the side of it, and it still can't contain me, you know? So, oh, I got I to gotta open the door. Hold on. I got to open the door for Louis. All right, guys. Sorry about that. I'm back. Uh, Brother Louis was uh, here a little early for evangelizing night because we start prayer in 20 minutes. So I had to open the door for him. But it says here, you know, he says, where can I flee from your presence? He goes, there's, there's nowhere I can go. You know, and um, he goes, if I ascend into heaven, you're there. And if I even make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. And even if I take the wings in the, in the, of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, in other words, if I have wings and I flew to the, as far as the ocean goes, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Why do I want to bring this verse up? There's many of you that maybe you have not surrendered your life to the Lord. And I want to speak to you today. And uh, there it is. And I want to say this to you, just face to face. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how deep in the hole, in the pit, in darkness you are at right now, he's still there. You can't outrun God. You cannot hide from God. The enemy cannot put you in a place where into so bad of wickedness that God cannot rescue you from it. And that's what I wanted to share with you today is that no matter what, if you cry out to him, Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, Call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things you never imagined. So stop listening to the enemy and thinking you're too far gone. Stop listening to the enemy that you are unforgivable. Stop listening to the enemy that God is going to reject you. The Lord will never reject you. As long as you are breathing, there's an opportunity for salvation, no matter what. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if you're watching this in death row and somebody snuck a phone into you and you're watching this for the first time. Nothing can hold back the presence of God. See the cinder block? God can get through that too. Cell doors, God can get through that too. Prison Yards, God, God can get through that too. ICU units and hospitals, God can get to you too. The world cannot contain God. The galaxy cannot contain God. The universe itself cannot contain God. If you go to the furthest part of the earth, God is still there. And you go to the depths of hell, God is still there. And to the highest of heaven, and God is still there. You can never outrun God. 
And that goes for those of you that right now you're backslid and you served God at one point, you worship God at one point, you were on fire for God, filled with the Holy Ghost at one point, but but something caused you to derail, something caused you to fall away, something caused you to get tripped up, something caused you to fall into sin, something caused you to stop. And maybe now, because of that, because of shame, because of guilt, because of condemnation, because of all these things, you're running from God. And let me remind you what the psalmist said, though. He said, where can I flee from your presence? You can't run from God. If the Lord has a calling on you, nothing is going to change that, not even you. Now, yeah, you have free will. You're not his robot. But you ain't going to be able to sin and have fun anymore because you have a calling. You think you can go back to the world? You think you can go back to your drugs or drinking or weed or, uh, you know, whatever it is that, that, that was your vice, whatever it is, and you think you're going to have fun the way you used to and the Lord is not going to let you. You know why? Because the very presence of God lives in you. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And now every the, that's why Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So guess what? If you go back to the dope house, guess who you're taking back with you? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit ain't going to want to be there. But he's not going to leave you there, so he's going to be there with you. And you know what? I pray that whatever you're, if, if, if it's alcohol, the Holy Spirit, I pray the Holy Spirit don't even allow you to feel drunk again. Or that alcohol tastes like urine or something. And for the drugs that have to have no effect on you. Instead of getting you high, I pray it makes you sick in the name of Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit would never leave you nor forsake you. And God loves you that much that he's willing to go into these wicked, filthy, dark places. Because if he leaves you, you'll have no conviction and you'll stay there forever until you die. So he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That way, you know what? Maybe sin used to be fun. But it ain't going to be fun anymore and you got to come home. You got to come back. You got to come back to the fold of Christ. I'm not talking about going back to your church. I'm talking about coming back to the arms of God. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Today's devotional. Continue to pray for us for having Holy Week. Every single night we're going to be on live with something, with a Bible study, with evangelizing, Good Friday service. And we do this, guys. We're live streaming for you guys. So you guys get to enjoy this because you're part of this church. You're part of this vision. You're part of this mission of what it is that we're doing. And I truly believe that. I, I say this, and it's been a while since I said it. Those of you that are always on here watching and you're asking, say, man, why can't there be a church like this in my city, in my state? Well, guess what? It's going to come from you. You have been discipled all this time, and you don't. maybe some of you don't even realize it. By watching, these, by watching these devotionals every single day, do you realize a huge portion of you spend more time with me than some of the people in this building? And yeah, I know, it's, it's, 
not the same because it's just me talking and I can't hear you talk back. But I'm talking about the teachings that you're receiving. So I'm talking to future pastors and leaders and evangelists that are going to be with us for the rest of our lives. And the reason there's going to be house of rest type churches in your city is because of what you're doing right now, is watching these videos and learning from it and applying it to your life. So, all right, guys, God bless you. Thank you so much. We have prayer in 12 minutes and then from 5.30 and then at 6 p.m. we're going to go out and hit the streets and we're going to go live with that. God bless you. See you tomorrow and have a great day. Bye.